Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and a three. Definitely Alex Dandino. <laughs> Before today's wet and wild episode, a little business, everyone, we're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod, the best way to help grow the show, the best way to show love to the show, the best way to make the show even better for yourself. See, it's a personal self-gratification you're doing, right? You help us out, but your life gets better. We have a huge Patreon library of exclusive episodes. If you like what we're doing over there, we have great movies in the library. We do your commentaries. We're doing many series, right? If you like Tales from the Crypt, you have a great many series covering every episode of Tales from the Crypt. It's going to culminate in Bordello of Blood and Demon Knight. That's yes. the goal, right? So that's going to be super fun, man. Uh, also, the only way to get all 31 days of October, which we may or may not already be working on. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff over there, guys. It means the world to us that those, uh, the, for those of you who support us, thank you, thank you. Uh, those of you who are on the fence, man, give us a whirl. Give us a whirl. You'll see how hard we're working over there to make it fun and awesome uh, for the people who are kind enough to support us. So thank you in advance. If you can't financially help the show, we get it, man. There are a lot of things you can do to help the show anyways, right? You can subscribe to all the socials. If you're on a social, we're on that social. Subscribe there. Uh, share the stuff. Tell your friends about it, right? You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. You can email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com if you have questions or want to talk to us, right? Just want to tell me how great I'm doing and how much you feel bad when Alex attacks me. You can email us over there. <laughs> also, importantly, Jesus. two things you can do that really help. Was you, you know it's true. You know it's true. I'm, a, I'm an eight that's being grappling hooked down like Gulliver's Traveler by my friend the three. No. <laughs> Guys. Make sure you leave us five-star rating and reviews wherever you find us on any app uh, that you listen to us. Helps us in their algorithms, right? The algorithms that try to be stealing our moms and banging other neighbor ladies. Let's take them down. So leave those ratings and reviews. Also, if you are here, you love movies, right? Share an episode with a movie-loving friend you have. We are at about 500 in some, ep we're in 500s, right? So surely they a movie they love we've talked about, right? Send them an episode directly. Let them know we exist, man. We're going to Ponzi scheme our way to the top of the charts. That's the goal for this year. Oh, right. Enough business, man. We're here for summer break, dude. The pod's on summer vacation. That magical time of youth where all of a sudden you feel like you're free. You're going to be able to conquer the world, do what you mm -hmm. want, have adventures. Yep. But really what happens is, is that your parents are mad that you're not in school and they have to watch you all day. Yep. So you spend a lot of disappointed days not having adventures. And that is where the way, way back exists. Uh, wonderful movie. This is, uh, I, we always call these in my house, we call these Amy movies, right? This is my wife's genre. These personal little uh, kind of dramedies. Right, that really hone in on uh, wonderful characters, wonderful actors. So she loves this movie. I love this movie. Right. Alex, would you like to kick us off with the uh, the stunning cast? Right, the uh, the amazing crew. This this movie has an absolutely ripping cast. Yeah. Right? Um, and then opening thoughts. 
yeah the cast is unbelievable in this movie i don't know did we say what the movie was the way way back um from... i said the way way back okay I think. cool and if i didn't now we did <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean so led by um our main characters this kid duncan uh was a, a great actor named liam james uh, I mean, just movie, literally shows the weight of the world on him in every frame. Great performance. The movie, uh, so the movie is um, by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. They wrote and directed it. This is the movie they made with the Hollywood equity they had after winning the Oscar for The Descendants. Descendants, which is pretty yep. cool. Um, but yeah, so great it's, cash in, great cash in. Yeah. What a cash in, by the way, because you've got Steve Carell, you've got our favorite horror actress of all time now, Tony Collette. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who flashes every now and again a little hereditary mom, and you're like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, bring it. Bring it. Put your dick back, Steve. You're going to regret it. Put your dick away. <laughs> um, Allison Janney, Anna Sophia Robb, Maya Rudolph, Rob Corddry, Amanda Pete, Jim Rash and Faxon, of course. And then my personal, one of my all-time favorite performances by him is Sam Rockwell as like sort oh, of the- God, he is like the ever long summer guy, and he. But it's, he's just he's just incredible. We talked about Hook. It's also very Peter Pan like, right? Sam very Rockwell Peter in this movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But in a way that's actually cool, unlike every Peter Pan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the like Peter you Pan hang syndrome. out with this guy, and then you forgot they pair it. Well, I might have cut you off. They pair it with Maya Rudolph. Yeah, who is another one of my all time. Like anytime I see Maya Rudolph in a film, I'm just ecstatic. She's so fucking amazing. And the two of them together, they don't get a lot of run. But no. man, they make great use of it. But Sam Rockwell in this movie, because I was rewatching it last night and I kind of forgot how long it took to get to that I got a job in a water park section, right? It took a lot mm -hmm. longer than I thought. And man, from the moment he shows up at that Pac Man machine, yeah. there are a couple of those movies in my life. Like I told, I think I've said this on the pod before, but. I was one of those kids when I saw Mallrats on a fucking recorded VHS. I was like, that's who I'm modeling my entire personality after is Brody. <laughs> I don't know that I understood the message of the film. Yeah. It might have been for better or worse for an age there in youth. But when I saw Sam Rockwell, I was like, there's a lot of that guy that I wish I could still channel. Right. That yeah. that summer Griff who could be light and airy like that. Yeah, I think that that's. I think that's the real magic of Sam Rockwell's performance is it's a guy who seems as if things are just easy for him. And you know that there is just hidden darkness somewhere. Like, you get a couple flashes, yeah. There's no understanding of where it comes from or what it is because, to be honest with you, and this is the thing that I love about the movie, it's the summer. The hidden darkness is not... What's prevalent right now? What's important about except for Duncan? Duncan is really bringing yeah. it. Every well, Duncan second. has no hidden darkness. Duncan has darkness, and that's just all it is. But what's interesting about Sam Rockwell's character is, like, I always point to it's the like last like nice moment they have towards the end of the movie before the actual like climactic quote <laughs> end, which isn't really a climax, but it's just like a climax to that story. It ended when Steve Carell climaxed off camera. That's where yeah. the story ends. Yeah. True. But um, when they're at the top of the water, like the water slide, and they're having this conversation, he's like, oh, yeah, man, it's great. He's like, I wish I could stay here forever. He's like, yeah, it's great. You get to bar back in the middle of the winter and paint houses until it's too cold. you're too cold, yeah. Ugh. And you're just like, well, okay, there. so there's the hidden 
this is why summer is so wonderful. This is why this guy is so happy about the summer because this is his time. And it's not that he has one of these experiences every summer with a Duncan, but he's just, he's, he lives for the summer. He lives for this life, for this moment in time. I don't know where this is supposed to take. Is this Cape Cod? Is that where it's supposed to be? I've yeah, never known like a, a Hampton, like one of those fucking Richie East Coast places. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's go. Because I was just like, <clears throat> first off, I was like, what a fucking nefarious ploy. This Steve Carell's like, hey, I'm going to clear your catering calendar for three months and financially control you so I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Uh, neither here nor there. Right. But I think what we learned from Sam Rockwell, because he, he is to me the thing you take from this movie. Yeah. Allison Janney is a fucking flamethrower in this and wonderful. But Sam Rockwell is kind of, to me, that's like every trailer moment you would have of this movie is remembering him, right? Mm-hmm. Almost to the point where he so surpasses Duncan at times, right? <laughs> Which I think is the case. But I, I like that he has these yeah. moments where he lets you in, right? Like when Maya Rudolph dresses him down, she has one of those moments I love. He's like, aren't you fucking tired of this? Yeah. Aren't you tired of this guy? Aren't you tired of yourself? I'm fucking tired of him. And you see when that guy, right? We've all had moments where we're trying to be that guy or have known that guy. And there's a reason that he lives alone above a water park, man, because it wears thin fucking fast. Yeah. Well, can you imagine, and I know you can, um, being around that guy all the time? Like, that's something that, like, like I think, while I really enjoy this movie, if that was year-round, I'd be like, dude. You have got to get a fucking right. life, man. It's like, would like, you just want to watch Meet the Spartans all day, every day? No. Sometimes <laughs> no. we don't need a yuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes um, it's okay to be serious. In my partying phases. Yeah, man. I have known and been around a lot of these fucking people. These, let's never let it in. Let's keep going, man. Yeah. This is Let's it. just be living our lives all day. And then it's we the all best. go back to our houses alone with the fucking uh, cocaine blues. Yeah. Right? And you're like, damn, this is heavy. Like, there's a reason that I'm behaving this way and destroying myself and whatever. I think what's... Um, but what I what I like is that they use Duncan as a way to show us that this guy recognizes another one like him. Yeah. Right? So we get a lot of backstory on him just by the way he is so kind and extra with Duncan. Right. Right? The whole, the whole theory of his life being the thing at the Pac-Man machine, right? No patterns. Cut your own path. Yeah. Right, I don't like patterns. And at first, you're like, "Oh, what a dipshitty thing to say." I don't want to see the second screen. It gives me something to look forward to. You're like, "All right," but then you hear later when he's like, "My dad was like, you know, your your mom's boyfriend or whatever, Terry, Tony, whatever the fuck his name is." Um, you you see that? So now we know that Sam Rockwell was once a Duncan who built up this fucking defense mechanism of constant fucking chattering and comedy. Um. And you see a way that that goes, right? That when you don't have any family connections and you're out there on your own, you fucking shield yourself in these fucking jokes. So no one really knows you, right? They know that you're a guy who's just there to give them that moment, right? Or to laugh at or to fucking leave behind when the park closes. Um, And I think we see that early when Duncan sees him. Yeah. And it's a very strange moment in the movie because Duncan is so fucking shut off. Like, cannot exist in a scene in this film. Without struggling, he approaches Sam Rockwell at the Pac-Man machine. And that's kind of the first leap of the movie is why does he approach Sam Rockwell? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting, like, because, like, up until that point, and again, 
look, I've I've never had to deal with I've never gone on vacation with my mom's boyfriend and her weird and his weird sister or girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> uh that is a but, weird thing when your parents are divorced though. Is <laughs> you do start getting into that age where like, what if mom remarries and there's just a super hot daughter and we live across the hall and like Oh my god. Dude. I mean, I can't be held responsible for that. Also, and now that, it's a whole category of the internet. I mean <laughs> everyone is so Everyone is so perfectly cast in this movie because I just fucking hate that daughter so much. She's so annoying. Just for being who she is, yeah. You just hate her for existing. Yeah. Because it's just it. like that girl's always existed since the dawn I of think, time, and it's not their fault they're young. Besides the Sam Rockwell performance, the counter to that is the thing that this movie does that no other movie has accomplished, really, in the way that ever ever intended, was it makes Steve Carell, who is reportedly the nicest guy in Hollywood, a complete asshole. I mean, he Jeez. is, from the jump, a dick. Well, that might be the answer to the, the why does he approach uh, Sam Rockwell at Pac-Man. It's, he's like, maybe I can use this $5 and have Steve Carell assassinated. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe this guy, you know, he picks up odd jobs in the winter. I mean, this maybe guy clearly. 20 bucks will get him down the road. This guy, this guy works at a water park and playing Pac-Man on a lunch break. Clearly, he has something wrong with his life. Maybe if I give this guy $5, he'll kill, yeah. he'll kill this guy. Right on the water slide. We'll hook him like a fish. Um. That opening scene is just brutal. This just sets the tone for the whole movie. You're just but he's like, also great God. at that, like, hey, bud. Hey, bud, look hey, at bud. me. Bud, talk I'm not to me. interested in talking to the back uh, of your head. He has so many of those fucking cunty lines. Sorry, I keep saying that. I say it in the British proper, right? That Where shit. It's, it's all of you, but. I think the one that, like, is, like, the capper is the, the, life, jacket. the life jacket. That uh, is, that is, like. That is the moment in this movie that I think is fascinating because it is the – that's how you know. It's not because he's just bad at being around kids or he's bad. or He's trying to push this kid. Because well, like, there, there is a real – It's just there's no other right. explanation for it. I've been through this, right? When the stepdad comes in or the new guy – the boyfriend comes in. And what you learn in Steve Carell is at the start, you're like, maybe he's just a guy who doesn't know kids that well. And then we're like, oh, wait, he has a fucking daughter. I don't know what age this is supposed to be because they kind of look like they could be anywhere from 12 to 18 because she's like going out to the beach like hammering beers and no I, one seems to blink an eye. I think she's well, I think she's definitely obviously but they she's all underage. look 12 years old. Yeah, she's obviously underage and she's just like grabbing beers like she they they set that up. With a di- with a line of dialogue where they're on the beach after because when they're walking she's like don't walk close to me and he's just like walking down yeah. the gangway and then she says to her friends, um, you know my dad just wants me to be happy so he'll let me do like anything, yeah and you're like cool. it's true and then you see Duncan and you're like I almost want to like mercy drop a rock on him like Piggy and Lord of the Flies like yeah. he seems so absolutely also it's like hey kid. Pick it up a notch. Like, your depression, your outward depression, I get it. You're really milking it. Like, it's yeah. not that bad. But then, because at are, first, you, you, you are on Steve the Cape, Carell my friend. Is, it's not that bad. Yeah, you're at a beach, dude. Come on. You're not you're not fucking mining blood diamonds, dude. You're okay. And you might just get to go to San Diego when it's done. So maybe, like, bring it back half a notch, weirdo. Um, But I was that weirdo kid, right? Because you remember when the new guy comes in and you're kind of testing him. And what you have to realize and what this movie does an excellent job of illustrating 
is that Steve Carell's not just a guy who's like, hey, I'm going to help this kid out with some tough love. All right. I had a, I had a dad who did that, right? I'm going to teach him with tough love. But then you start to realize this is a fucking child whose life has been blown up. Yeah. You're choosing to step into that. You have to meet them halfway, right? Like I always talk about like I knew me and my stepdad weren't going to be friends. He would never watch Star Wars with me. He would never do anything special. Like we never went out one-on-one and did anything special. Right. He'd like take me with him to run errands. Like we're going to the tool store. And then like would just kind of like lecture me about like all of my shortcomings on the way. And that's like how he met me. Right. And I was like, what if one time you fucking said, hey, let's go to a comic store together. Just let me see what this is about without just calling you gay and like shutting your <laughs> shutting down everything you like. Right. Like what if for one moment you fucking tried? What yeah. if when my friends came over, you didn't just call them losers? Right. Because right. they were my friend. Um, and when he puts that life vest on him, what you see is that he's trying to kill what Duncan is. Yeah. And break him down to the point where maybe he can revent him into douche 2.0. Yeah. And that's the it's, moment where you're like, he truly is this kind of villainous. If you're choosing to come into a child's life because you love the mother, you have to fucking meet them halfway. Yeah, you can't. Just, and if you don't, you're only there to add misery to their lives. I think that's the thing. It can't too, just be is, a I'm a pay the gills, bills guy. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't be a guy who just, oh, well, I take everyone on vacation. So therefore I'm. Yeah, so I can fucking abuse this kid in front of everyone. And then it just breaks my heart, too, because it's Tony Collette is also in this situation where she sees what's happening and she's not strong enough to defend her kid until much later. Well, she talks about it, right? And she says that when you get older and she's been hurt, right? This guy left her. Absolutely. And she's just like, we do things because we're afraid. Yeah. Because you don't want to grow old and be alone. And what if I get hurt and I can't cater? And then who's going to take care of Dunk? So a lot of those, it becomes these kind of business decisions right. as much as love. Right. I mean, I think even that- here, she's like, it took Steve Carell a long time because she's like, I don't know about you. Yeah. So she fucking knew somewhere in the back of her mind. He knew he was a bit of a cad, but, you know. Yeah. Again, it's also but one of those. But he's got a lake house. <laughs> it's one of those Not numbers even a lake things. house, a fucking ocean house. What was the. Uh, so. I don't know. Riptide. This is the first time I've ever, uh, when I watched this last, first time I noticed, look, I didn't watch it recently. Um, (laughs) What I noticed was, I think he's a car salesman, if I remember correctly. Because Oh, is that what he does? Very quickly, somebody makes reference to it. And I think it might be Alice and Janney, like, drops it like, oh, what, they don't sell enough cars, some shit. Oh, it's because he shows up in the station wagon and she gives him shit about it. Uh, I never the model his dad drove him in. Yeah, I never knew that that was the case. I thought he was just I thought he was just some fucking dude. I did not know that that was like his thing. Was he like fucking sold cars, which I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. But it does speak again to this like really fascinating thing. Steve Carell's character Trent does through the movie, which is this competitive spirit that he tries to instill. It's this fake parenting thing. That he's doing with Duncan, which is, oh, if I can still this competitive spirit and like motivate this kid to value himself, quote unquote, the way that I believe he should value himself, then yeah. I've done I've done a job of parent. I've done the job of parenting, but not even valuing himself. It's he's going to teach him how to devalue others around him. Like yeah, we see exactly. Do it. 
I think that's, that's the, the thing. That's the dirty trick of what he's doing. I think what's fascinating, and that's why Waterways is such a refuge, is all the people who are there, which are you know, a collection of just weird people, like people who are us. Because you and I absolutely would have worked at Waterways in this in the in the world of this movie, I think I would definitely be working at Waterways. College age, maybe. I don't think I have the temperament. Oh yeah, now I would be fucking, those kids who kept trying to race down the tunnel at the same time, I'd be like smothering them in the pool. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, now for sure yeah. I would not be working at Waterways. Yeah. But in our in, younger days, when my, we were young, Sam Rockwellian figures, late teens, early twenties for sure, I would be there. Yeah. Um, and be very jealous. I didn't get to like hang out with Sam. That Rock was the vibe when I was a movie theater employee. We were kind of like all kind of like misfit kids at our school, right? So if and we found do, solace. Yeah, and if you look at it the, from the misfit point of view, he feels at home because no one there is trying to tell him how. No one there is trying to rate him or tell him how to live, and I think that's such a key function for the character moving into like the later half of the movie is, and Steve and um. Sam Rockwell says it a couple of times. She's like, you're going your own way, man. Like, you got to go your own way. I, I think there's, again, it, it's it follows these beats that are very classic in, you know, coming-of-age summer movies, which, again, I I agree. I, I'm with Amy. I love I this genre. It's, fun, it's a fun genre to hang out in. But because it comes from this organic Sam Rockwell place, something about that feels very different and something about that feels very real in a way that I don't think anyone was expecting it to, uh, for a movie like this. It's a really, it's a really fascinating and nuanced thing because the movie moves fast in my opinion. Like it's not, it it's definitely weird... picks up. It's like a roller coaster, like chuk 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 chuk, and then once it goes, yeah, like it yeah. basically gets to him getting a job at the water park and like, that's that's the yeah. movie like we're going through the movie then now and we're it, having fun like yeah. it like we spend a, probably the first 30 minutes solidly pointing out the miseries of duncan's life and then finally he gets this job and it's like okay cool well now he's got some confidence and now he's trying to live his life and you know there are these the b plots that are explored which is you know trent fucks amanda pete uh, you know, Steve Carell and Amanda Pete have some weird affair going on, and Tony Collette knows it, and she just doesn't. Address Every other it a lot. summer, but not this one. Uh, yeah, right. It's <laughs> like, yeah, come on, guy, you're better than this. Well, he did bring a lady he might marry. Like, maybe be a, li maybe don't blow him right here at the party. Yeah, maybe, maybe be a wait. little discreet. Maybe don't dress yeah. like her at your party. That was another weird. Maybe don't immediately let them know that when Candyland implodes, that he's going to get fucking dome. Yeah, like right. maybe fucking just play it cool, dude. You'll have your moment. We go to dinner. Goddamn temptress. We could pick up uh, who, I can't remember the whatever their names were like Roddy and or whatever. No, Roddy is now yeah. facts in the movie. But whatever their we could pick it up, make a day out of it. She goes, I don't want to hang out with them. Kip and Jim. Yeah, because she. So the moment when Duncan spies them, and he comes back with just marshmallows, she comes back with the rest, and Duncan looks. Well, he always looks that way. He's kind of yeah. just like living Eeyore avatar. Liam James has an amazing talent for just that Eeyore face. Just that slack jaw face. You're like, is he a zombie? No, he's a kid. He's a real boy. Um, it's reverse Pinocchio. Yeah, he is a live boy, a living boy. Um, but yeah, she knows when Amanda and Amanda Pete just fucking tosses the ingredients at her. She fucking chucks them at her, dude. Um, so they they knew. I know. Also, I feel really bad, but Steve Carell was 100% right in the Candyland scene. 
Duncan is not a fucking you? child. There are guys. rules to games <laughs> that should be followed. Yeah. You know why Candyland's so successful? Is, because they wrote a great game with great rules. See, this is the problem. Follow the rules. See, I don't. This is an. I, it's That's funny the you, one time that his tough love shit works is Duncan. It's you funny. You fucking bring, cheat in the Candyland of life. First off, it's the mom that wants to cheat, not him. Yeah. He was well, fine. He needs that. to know. Mama's not going to be there to cheat when the IRS is on top of Candy Mountain, Duncan. You got to learn these lessons. This is the thing that well, I was funny you're bringing this up because I thought about this when we I was watching it, which was Griffey will have a problem with this. They're violating they're violating board game rules. This is a big I don't deal. have a problem with it. I'm totally okay. I think Tony Collette needs to bring it back. I think she was mad not at the no. Candy Cane Kingdom, but the fact that he's out slinging dick and she knows it. Yeah, obviously. That's the metaphor. Thank you. I for think that. she's cheating on purpose to try to fucking start a fight. Mm. I think you're better than that, Tony Collette. I mean, he's the one who whips out the rule book rather than just going, whatever, just play the game. Why is that rule book in the box so the rules can be followed? Uh, yeah, and he's not following. I love the... my family, but and as yet... a, and an avid board gamer, the rules must be followed. And yet he decides not to follow most of the rules in his life. Hmm. That's true. See but the metaphor he has here? One pla- he has one place of nobility, and See that's the, the Candy Kingdom. See the metaphor that's happening here? I <laughs> have heard of these metaphors. I think they're for cowards. I think Tony Collette should apologize to him immediately. Yes. Make sure that he... Op- I'll tell you what. That's I bet the when one they were going that- to the movie, she would have snuck candy in, in her purse and cheated there. We're not all perfect in the board game of life. That's why we have board games. Or we that, is be the one scene of, that is the one scene in this movie that's truly monstrous is that she did not follow the rules thank you <laughs> duncan didn't even need him like why are you putting duncan in the crosshairs yeah see that's the problem that's I when she was a bad mom that's that's what the bad mommy is is he didn't give a shit she was the one who like instigated the argument about who's following the rules i think that's like again she that- wants to fight about the dick slinging and she uses duncan as a cudgel it's not great Duncan's bent over, lifeless, sad body. He's like Samson, but his hair is the water whiz. Right. She finds him in his most weakened moment and fucking launches him over the wall at, at Castle fucking Dick Pack. <laughs> but he's right. Follow the fucking rules. It's a baby's game. I don't, don't disagree with that, but again. There you go. It's ironic. I'm just saying, for one scene... Steve Carell was the hero of this movie. <laughs> the irony being, he's asking her to follow the rules. I know. But I bet she cheats on stuff all the time. Should she have been out fucking hammering mushrooms while her really? son is literally melting into a, pu- a puddle in every scene? Maybe not. I'll tell you what, she's not cheating. She's not cheating on Trent. I know that. Maybe she should have. Maybe she should have. Maybe it's island life, bro. Can we talk about Alice and Janney, who intersects every amazing. single conversation in this movie with the, she is the height of absurdity in this film. And I She is the neighbor her. that you would hate so much, but then by the end is very endearing. Yeah. She is, she's the one that Tony Collette finds solace in in the very end. Yeah. It's that awesome. whole, every Dude, single when she's time. laying into her son about his eye, it's fucking funny. It's mean. It's mean, but it's very funny. <laughs> I think what the the way they get away with that in the movie is we meet the kid and he's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we know he can give it back. Yeah. Playing with the Star Wars figures, you know. Yeah. 
Are, don't you know they're brother and sister? Who cares? I was Who like, cares? Ugh, your sister's listening to that, dude. Gross, dude. <laughs> Are you and Duncan rub, running a wobbly H? What are we talking about? Gross, that when, uh, and then when he takes him to the party. Oh, yeah. He, he's like, mind if I mingle? <laughs> Again, I'll Sam, circle back. Sam Rockwell's like, you don't know, you look kind of shady to me. I, I really, just overall, this movie is just Every such... character gets their moment. Yeah. There's such up. good vibes. Every single Even Rob thing... Corddry has like really small moments, but he's fucking hilarious. He's great. Yeah. Hey, and... I'm the one not grinding on you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, man, Amanda <laughs> Pete does a good job of being somebody that you just fucking hate too. Because you're just why are you waiting? Why are you just yeah. waiting to like and like to quote Alice? Yeah, why didn't you why are you waiting to work divorce? Why are you waiting to work this guy's bag? What's your deal, huh? Like yeah. you have a husband. Oh, are they married? Back. Her and Cordry are married. Yes. Yeah. Which so is another Cordry's thing. Is a like, cuck. He knows the whole yeah. time. Cordry knows the whole time, but then like when at the party, maybe they just have been swingers for years. Right before Duncan escapes to um, the Waterwiz party, when, when he they, blows up the party, when he blows up the party, and <laughs> Trent, Dude, that like, moment when Steve Carell goes for him, like leaps at him, yeah. And there's like a real menace. Like you saw, like oh, this guy's gonna do something like, like oh, dude, yeah. he like hits, he like <laughs> hit, he hits kids. Okay, yeah. but then Cordry like Cordry steps in and stops him, and I'm like, dude, why don't you kick his ass? He's the one. Well, he has that look, wife, like, man. dude. Like I know you do bad shit all the time. We clearly yeah. go to international waters and fuck around. Yeah, not in front of the squares, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that clam bake scene too, where the where um Allison Janney is her hippie kid don't da- don't hippie dance near the fire yeah <laughs> i don't need there, my first bar going up in flames at my own party there is so many <laughs> there are so many like little moments in this movie and again i know we don't do this kind of show a lot where we just do like scene by scene but to me there are just all these moments that culminate in making all these characters worth watching i think that's like well, a really it, it's a little more streamlined or a little more connected to a narrative dazed and confused this movie is truly a hangout movie as well yeah right we're watching the old people like right tony collette has had this trauma and she's trying to cling on to it's all going to be okay yeah duncan's trying to be he's trying to start his own black parade right and it's like where does that meet in the middle (laughs) and the weird moment of that is duncan deciding i'm gonna go get a job but hide it from my family, because if they're there, they'll destroy it somehow. Yeah. But other than that, we're di- we're just doing sings where we hang out, right? Like even that party you mentioned, it's a going away party for I can't remember the character's name, Toby. And then the last scene, he's like, "Yes, I'm still here. Bye." No, it's, and it's like that's it's just Lewis. a great little scene. Lewis, yes, Lewis. it's a great little scene, right? And it's like these are just hangout moments, though. Yeah, we're we're dropping in on people. I think what this movie illustrates, right, is how summer can become this kind of diorama, right, where it's a place different than your normal life, where you lead different lives for a couple months, and you're testing shit out. And we're dropping in, and some of the characters are stuck in it. Some of the characters are exploring it for the first time. Other characters have been here so long that they're now the bad guys, right? They're the pirates in Never Never Land. Yeah. And so it is, I mean, this is a hangout movie. Absolutely. Right. But to me, this is how you really do a hangout movie, because there's just enough on the line to where you still feel like narratively it's pushing you. 
So yeah, I I think it'd be hard to talk about it any other way. <laughs> it is, but I mean, I think that's the thing about summer coming of age. I think this is like a really specific, like very specific niche in the coming of age story, which right. is when you talk about the summer and when we talk about summer, when we were kids, it's not a through narrative of what no. your summer was. It's these well, what moments. it is is, yeah, I'm, I'm trying as hard and fast as I can to grow up. Yeah. To gain control, to do grown up shit. The grown ups around me are miserable and trying to remind me the good ones, at least don't fucking do that. So you're trying, you're running as fast as you can with nowhere to go. I think when you have independence, the way it comes to you when summer vacation starts, mm-hmm. you're trying to learn how to exert any form of independence as a kid. Like, it's not a thing where you're just, it's not a thing where you're just throwing your hands up and being like, all right, cool. I'm doing whatever. Like, you still have Trent waiting on you downstairs, so you're not free. Right. Your freedom <laughs> comes from, your freedom comes from sitting on top of the station wagon, listening to REO Speedwagon, you know? Hell yeah, dude. Been there. It's fucking REO rules. But it's like one of those, it's one of those things where, and again, this movie does such a good job of giving a through line to what otherwise would have been just a series of bits. But all the bits add up to these really lovely moments, two mm. of which come at the end, which I think are really right really nice so it's that wonderful moment on top of the water water slide where sam rockwell just sort of tells duncan like it's gonna be all right man you're just mm-hmm. you're going your own way and that like the three thing is not and about you that's a about long him. time to get there yeah yeah absolutely it's about him not you yep. like, it's that's about him that has nothing to do with you man like i see you. you're going you're going your own way and then it's really fascinating when so they do the big the big through joke kind of or the mystery in the movie is passing someone on the water slide Mm -hmm. so this ending comes basically because trent can't keep his dick in his pants they'll have to leave cape cod early which i didn't know is cape cod until i just looked it up on wikipedia yeah and they're gonna go together which is the thing that duncan's really mad about yeah not excited like duncan wants to stay obviously and he's like why are we doing this like mom can you just Stay with this philanderer for like two more months because I'm making minimum and at the water park and it's pretty fun because I'm making men's. I think we should just stay here. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm uh, pulling in like fucking forty dollars a week, mom. So if you could stop being a selfish bitch, what do you? <laughs> okay, you worked at a movie. You worked in a movie theater. What was yeah. your take? Uh, my home? minimum wage when I started working was five dollars and twenty five cents. Yeah. Okay. Cool. On a I good had... week, I would work like thirty hours. And yep. so after taxes, I'd be lucky to get like a hundred dollar check. And yeah. I'd be fucking ecstatic. Yeah, after taxes, I think gas so was I, still under a dollar a gallon, yep. but I had a 1989 Bonneville, which was a tank and guzzled. So like I might've had $50 walking around money. I had, so I was working at the tuck. I was working at the tuck shop and I think my pay, my take home when I started was also five twenty five, and I worked there long enough where they gave me like a, 50 cent increase so by the time i left it was 575 an hour and yeah i think i did rich see ours was we got free movie we got one free movie a week but we would go whenever we wanted and if our friends came in we just let them sneak in so really that was the i think on a good week on a good week i would do 25 hours on just a normal general week i'd work 20 hours a week for sure yeah so so nothing 
Nothing. My, money. Yeah, my take home generally was I think a hundred and twenty. Hundred and twenty bucks, maybe. Yeah. So then taxes, then paying to drive to these places. Yeah. So yeah, not enough what, to buy a CD and a hope, man. Yeah. No, Go my buy an take home Julius at, and pray you're gonna bang a chick at the mall. My take, that yeah, my take my home after taxes was about a hundred bucks, which I was like, yeah. yeah, great. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, that was yeah, that was pure pleasure. Um. <laughs> But I think Duncan is getting spiritual pleasure. I don't yeah. think Duncan's gonna go spend this cash. I'm pretty sure Duncan. Man. Duncan's take home <laughs> is maybe seventy bucks. Although he works every day, and it's definitely like an eight hour day, so maybe could be getting under the table. He never signed any form. But what I'm saying is, see, that was I the think, other thing too. I think he would light the money on fire. I think he just needs this place. You're just looking as for, we see in the it, scene when he when he becomes yeah. Poplock. Yeah. Those fences are not to keep the patrons of the water park in. They're to keep his fucking family out. Yeah. Right? Agreed. You're locked in here with me, not the other way around. Well, it's um, like when she shows but like up. When he's, when he's pop lock and he goes and gets the cardboard, right? That is the moment, the second moment of bravery we see. Yeah. The first one is walking up to Sam Rockwell. The second is, fine, I want to be here. I want to be by this guy in this place. I think it will help me and it'll get me out of the house for the summer. And that's tough, man. That's a tough beat to have to walk into the middle of happy people and say, I'm taking that shit. And he finds the courage. And then he realized the people aren't mean to him. They just fucking, they have him dance, but not in a way where they're embarrassing him. Right? It looks like it's going to be, they're going to show him up and beat him up. And no, it's just, hey, I'm going to teach you something. And we see him unlock and we see him smile as he fucking sticks it at the end. Yes, that awkward And now smile. we have Duncan, who now he knows he's in a place of safety. And as yeah. Maya Rudolph says, you got lucky. It could have gone south real fast. Yeah. But it didn't. And that's when Duncan starts learning to put himself. That's when he's eating cereal and winking at his stepsister, who's treated him like shit. Yeah. He has at least one place where he knows he can try to grow and do better. It's To not be a three. He's not a three there at all. He starts. He, he enters that dance circle is a three and comes out an eight yeah so that's invaluable the the minute amounts of money that he doesn't even have anywhere to go to spend throw that out yeah that's it's fine. the cage that keeps his parents away that's what he's paying for that's what he's paying that's what's that's what he's getting paid to do is keep his parents out and i think a lot of us our teenage job that's the first place where we go to feel really like we're on the edge of being grown-ups yeah we're in a business deal where we give you time and work and we get money that's the first time you're like, hey, man, I'm not getting paid enough for this shit, right? Like, you start having those grown-up things, but your parents aren't involved. Yeah. So it is kind of this weird, awesome place to put a summer vacation movie. Absolutely. I think It's that, another way of trying to be grown-up. Yeah. So I think when he when he ends up pat, when he does, when they basically, the end of the way the movie ends is the pass on the water slide with right. Sam Rockwell. When they have that moment and Trent walks over, he goes, we done? And like, tries to grab for Duncan. Sam Rockwell just steps in front. I'm like, okay, cool. So this is a guy who knows exactly who this guy is. Whether he's experienced it in his life. Not to not. not to defend Trent again. Wow. Big Trent I'm defense, just huh? saying, okay. if you didn't no, no, know cool. Sam Rockwell, right? And you're like, who is this ruffian Peter Pan looking fellow who Duncan is running to, right? Running to. It. Maybe he thought there was a little extra going on. Oh, yeah. You think Trent cares that deeply about uh, Duncan, huh? I didn't realize he was so emotional. I think Trent cares that deeply about his own self-image. 
and controlling Duncans. No, he's a piece of shit. But I'm saying he might have thought that Sam Rockwell was slinging noodles, slinging pool noodle. Why would he think that, though? We don't think that because we've seen the whole backstory. Imagine if right, but why you would see your guy, a guy that wears a fucking wife beater tank top down the slide is kind of hugging your son and shit. And you're like, I don't even know who this guy is because Duncan's a liar. He's a liar from the start. If that was my mom, she would have fucking attacked that guy probably. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think we'd start. The, I didn't think this pod would be going in the way of the Trent defense, but all right, copy that. It's this not is a Trent defense. Oh, it's no, it's a, fine. Hey, man. It's all Maybe good. he didn't do everything wrong. Oh, it's all good. I mean, you did you call me a you did call me a three at the start of the pod, so this makes a lot of sense now. As a joke, as a comedy <laughs> joke, we're both threes. To be fair, no, <laughs> no. I'm saying if you saw Hank at a pool and you looked over and just a tattooed man in a white beater was hugging on him, your first thought would be, "Oh God, no." Well, the difference is, I actually like my kid. I don't want to make him, you know, miserable constantly. <laughs> Oh, so you just let him slide into the arms of a businessman in ill repute? I don't think so, dude. Not even close, but... I'm just saying, imagine the scene from outside the magical wonder goggles that we've watched. Maybe Trent was doing his first good deed. If Tony Collette thought that, then I would like be 100% on board with you. But If you go back and watch that scene, there's definitely a moment of... But she saw his his employee of the month picture where he was fully the happiest we would ever have seen him. So I, I think, think she puts it together in a way. She that puts he it together doesn't. very quickly. I think the way I think you're right though. What Trent is doing is, oh, why? Like, why are we at this fucking filthy water park? And why are we doing this? Why are we talking about this shit? He's from the Richie part where they never go to this water park, as we hear earlier in the movie. Right. Well, early in the movie, they make fun of them for being from Albany, New York. I'm like, who the fuck cares where you're from? Like, I, no, I don't live in an apartment. Yeah, dude, it's New yeah, York. New York. Have you been to New York? <laughs> Even upstate New York's expensive. Jesus. A lot of people live in apartments in New York. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Trent was right. I'm saying no. maybe, just maybe, see it from his point of view. Right. No, I, I don't see that. But, you know, that's fine. If you, if, he, if has, he has a girlfriend with the saddest son of all time who does not meet him halfway. Look, it's She okay. cheats at board games. If you relate right? to Trent in this film, she I understand. She cheats at board games. She's ruining summer. Now we have to leave the riptide hollowed out. For an extra two months of the year. And now this guy's running off into the arms of what looks like the bass player from Creed. Not on my watch. I mean, again. Go look I, that up. You're going to laugh. I was not look expecting. Look up Creed shirtless photo. You're going to laugh. Oh, no. I already know what you're referencing. And I never <laughs> want to imagine it again. I'm just no, I'm just surprised just this turned in into Trent Defense Pod. This is fascinating. It's not Trent Defense Pod. It's I mean, teenagers are inherently stupid. You're putting together a solid. And we have to watch out for them for a character that is reasonably indefensible. This is pretty. This is Every pretty teenager is just naturally by the chemical toxicology of their body dumb. Sure, absolutely. Run around with shirtless bass players in Creed. We got to watch out for them with arms wide open. Indeed. Yeah. Hopefully, that's all that's <laughs> wide open. That's all I'm saying. You never know. Wow. Is it? Are we doing another not-so-veiled metaphor that they're just diving headfirst into a tube together and we're not allowed to see the secret? Just putting that out there. I Yes, that is... Just putting I, that out there. If there's one thing that you are doing here, it's definitely putting that out there. Good job. It definitely could be true. <laughs> or right. it's just two guys who found a magical friendship for a summer. 
All right, Disney. I don't know. Well, that's it for Griff Beck. Thank you again on Fox News here for... Uh... I hate that when I just say things that are evidence and I let the jury decide, you're like, no, I'll be Judge Judy and decide for everyone else. Hey, I'm just asking questions. Some of us live in America, dude, where we're available and free to say stuff and think about stuff. Oh, man. I don't know how they're doing it out on the coast these days. I'll tell you right now. But here we present our evidence. I'll tell you right now, I am not going to be offended if we end up getting sponsored by people and they're like, by the way, I'm a huge Fox News fan. I'm like, thank you for your money. Let me put it this way. I am not of high enough moral fiber. I just want to not have a job except for the fun things I do. Yeah. I have zero moral fiber. I will take Bring your it. money. 1,000%. I will take your money and then insult you to your face. That's the Absolutely. world that we live in. Absolutely. We're a dominatrix. We don't give you a safe word. The safe word is advertising dollars. Griffey and I <laughs> are Sam Rockwell and Nat Faxon at the water park on the last We are what happens when Maya Rudolph gets wise. And realizes it should have been just one summer and leaves. Yep. And we're just left there to stew in our fucking water apartment. We are we are Nat Faxon and Sam Rockwell on the loudspeaker causing problems. Yeah. But everybody knows deep Telling down. Telling teenage girls to hold, hold. 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 Creep. Creepy. 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 If you're the Certainly. director and writer, maybe don't cast yourself in that position. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason he was cast in that position because I don't think any other actor would be like, dude, I can't. I, I'm not doing <laughs> Like, that. we're going to pass on your water park creep part. <laughs> the rest of the movie's so lighthearted. The rest of the movie's so lighthearted. Oh, yeah. And then that one. So, what one we learned, moment. these water tubes are just a fucking house of a thousand corpses. The corpses is childhood innocence. Boom. I rest my case, Your Honor. There you go. Boom. No, uh, what I take from this movie, it's just amazingly well-written with an amazing cast that can maximize the script at every turn. Right. And it is just that vibe of remembering what it was like when you were a kid and you think everything is the end of the world and you have all kinds of trends in your life, but you find that thing and because you're young, you can't help but have hope spring eternal. Right. It's kind of this perfect place to put a movie. And I think this is one of my favorite summer vacation movies of all time. I think it really Same. just hits on all cylinders. This is a movie and again, I watch. Sam Rockwell is transcendent. Yeah. His charisma is so. I mean, it's it's a deluge through the screen. This Even movie if he's is playing a character you would more. probably not actually like. Yeah. This is a movie I watch pretty repeatedly, and Andrea loves this one too. So I, yeah. I, there's just not enough nice things to say about it. It's just a fascinating. It's a fascinating coming of age movie because it does all this work of coming yeah. of age in a way that makes, well, for me, makes a lot of makes sense. Like to me, it's one of those things that makes the movie special. Is this is a sort of a realistic look at that coming of age? Like you yeah. do something. It's a moment in time in the summer. So, like, when you go back to school, like, what'd you do this summer? I was like, oh, well, I was at the Cape for a few weeks. And, um, yeah, I just, I got a <laughs> He's job. He's going to have an interesting essay. Yeah. Yeah. The int- you know, it's-, it's this beautiful quilt of all these parts that make this wonderful film that's hopefully not hiding the real coming of age. Um, yeah, it's just, Jesus. it's amazing. It's an amazing film. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> That's it! 
That's it. Alex doesn't want us digging in the truth anymore. Like a real small town cop, he's telling us to move on. Careful with that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hear where that's going. And don't in America, do it's my right to say just saying. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. If you're tripping and you're tied up in the spider web of red connective string, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, Keep going. If you want more back, of this on. delightful banter, this delightful Spider-Man-like banter, uh, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. You can get more of the awesome stuff that we do, and it's the best way to help us grow the show, which is our big goal right now. We're growing the show. If you can't financially support, we get it, man. You can send a message directly to someone you know who loves movies. You can leave five-star ratings and reviews on every podcast app you find us on. You can find us on all the social media you're on and help us share and spread the word about what we're doing. Um, but more than anything, guys, just thank you for your time. Also, uh, subscribe to the YouTube Film Alchemist. Email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com if you want to talk to us uh, at any time. But yeah, guys, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. We love you. Uh, we love that you guys hang with us and listen to the show. So thank you. May your life be a completely crime-free water slide at all times, man. That's what we wish for you. Yep. I'm just saying, they never showed us the tube. That's yeah, yeah, we get it. Thank you. We got it. Neither here nor there. Just like the sausage maker says, you don't want to see how it gets made. Just eat it. Just eat it passively. All right. Bye.